politics, politics, politics. A lot of people come to our website, sex-religion-politics.com, and then comment, oh, you don't really do politics. And I'm like, yeah, we do. We don't spend a lot of time talking about famous politicians because does the iTunes store really need another podcast like that? Heavens, no! What we do that nobody else does is we talk about politics from the point of view of the little guy. Everyday power struggles at the bottom of the heap. In other words, in the SRP universe, we're all politicians in our own campaigns for dominance, or at least acceptance and appreciation. Most artists qualify as little guys, struggling for fame and fortune. Some artists will smugly tell you that they don't need to share their work with others, that they do what they do to please themselves. Guess what? They're lying. They're peddling bullshit along with their art. I used to live with such a man. Despite his solipsistic claims, he often brought young women back to our place to ogle his artwork as he ogled them. And it was good stuff. I mean, even people who didn't know shit about art would be like, man, that's really cool. They responded to him. They were moved by his work. This was in New York in the late 80s, in Soho, where there was a privately owned gallery on every block. This was the era of Basquiat and Julian Schnabel. And my roommate's work would not have looked out of place next to those guys. He desperately wanted fame and fortune. But whenever I asked him why he didn't just present his portfolio to a few of the curators in our neighborhood, he would say, I'm an artist, not a salesman. Which was rubbish, of course. Artists are salesmen by nature. We're always looking to be compensated for our efforts with attention or money or both. Of the two, attention is more important. Don't get me wrong, money is great, but we artists will do what we do, whittling down truth and beauty into consumable portions, whether or not anyone gives us money for our offerings. It's the attention without which we cannot survive. No artist creates a sculpture, a song, a story, or a joke without saying to someone else, in essence, hey, look at me, even if it's only to a stranger at a party. Art requires a response in order to complete its function. In the same manner that a carriage requires a horse or that a sail requires wind. Even that most reclusive of poets, Emily Dickinson, sought readers. She wrote over 1,800 poems in her short life, often giving them to friends and gift baskets of flowers grown in her own garden. It is said that these recipients typically appreciated the flowers more than the poems. Can you imagine now Receiving such endearments from Emily Dickinson? It would be like receiving postcards from Toulouse-Lautrec or sheet music from Bach. It is commonly believed that Emily Dickinson could not come out of her room to greet house guests because she suffered from agoraphobia. I rather believe it was because she found some of her poems in the community compost along with her wilted flowers and said, Fuck all you people! Many years ago, when I was a budding composer... I wrote arrangements for friends of mine who played in a band. This was way back before Finale Software came on the scene. My manuscripts were meticulously notated by hand. Once when I, I attended one of their rehearsals, I found my pages scattered on the floor, further defiled by dusty shoe prints. It was a good lesson. I stopped giving away my work, especially to friends. 
Artists typically feel entitled to some attention and resent being ignored. Approval is always welcome, but disapproval is better than no approval. No attention is tantamount to the guest of honor never showing up at a surprise party. Even if that person hates the party, it's still a success. But if he or she never shows, then everyone else is left wondering, what was all this for? Consequently, when artists don't get enough attention from their work, they sometimes feel compelled to rub their ids in people's faces. When Lucy Dupin couldn't get published because she was a woman, she wore men's clothing, smoked cigars, and changed her name to George Sand. Oscar Wilde satirized Victorian hypocrisy and refused to deny being gay. He wound up in prison. Me, like Emily, I sometimes loathe stepping out of my solitude. Like Lucy and Oscar, I enjoy blatantly defiling taboos to remind people how arbitrary they are, for which I am predictably punished. An easy task. All anyone has to do to beat me to within an inch of my life is to ignore me. At least Oscar had his day in court. <laughs>